Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 257 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Suddenly, we find ourselves moving from chilly wet days to warm spring conditions, and for some colonies, it's a sure signal to swarm. We can deal with it easily enough if only we can find the queen. Listen in for tips for finding your queen and what to do if you can't. Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast and a very pleasant change in the weather conditions. Although it is somewhat thundery at the moment and both the bees and this beekeeper can get a little grumpy when there's thunder in the air, for me it's headaches I seem to pick them up just before the weather breaks. Not so much these days, but when I was younger, it really wasn't very pleasant at all. I guess my brain must have become a little more woolly as I've aged. But before I lose track of what I'm talking about, it's great to have your company again today. I hope you're all enjoying your beekeeping this spring, now that the weather appears to have warmed a little and allowing us a quick look into the hives without chilling the brood. It's been quite an eventful week for us in terms of inspections. We managed to get a couple of great videos produced, even though I say so myself. So do take a look at those on Patreon. And we're almost ready with our John Harding queen rearing setup. So that's quite exciting for me as well. If you've seen our recent videos, you'll know that those new nukes that I was given for my birthday have had to be used to rescue a puddle of a swarm that had literally pooled on the grass as we arrived at one of our apiaries. These brand new nuke boxes are destined to go out to our Fishing Lakes apiary to be set up this week for some queen rearing. Somewhat later than planned, but at least we'll have some queens ready in June. Well, at least that's the plan. As I mentioned, we're into some unsettled, warmer but thundery weather. April showers are the main feature currently, but it is the warmer weather that's most welcome. It allows me to get into the colonies for a quick check, and when we have an extended period of sunny weather, I can make more detailed checks and look to get queens marked and clipped where I've not already done so. This process of marking and clipping the queen is easiest done, earlier in the season when there are fewer bees in the colony. It's always more tricky trying to find the queen in an expanding, growing colony than in early spring when they're just heading out of winter, but sometimes you just have to go with the prevailing weather conditions and wait until it's settled enough to get in and sort them. If you're new to beekeeping, marking the queen really helps with understanding what's going on in the colony. It's not in my mind anything to do with being able to find the queen because you really don't need to find the queen on every inspection although I do understand that as new beekeepers it's always a thrill when you see the queen. For me the benefit comes at the point that you see an unmarked queen when you know that previously there was a marked queen in that colony. Swarm or supersedure something has happened that I've missed and yes again I understand that an observant experienced beekeeper should see all of the signs and indicators that a queen is either going to be replaced or a colony 
is about to swarm or has in fact already swarmed, yet a marked queen is a great visual cue and alerts you quickly as to the condition of the hive. That's why I mark our queens. We always use the international colour marking scheme, white, yellow, red, green and blue in that order. So this year, 2023, is red, next year will be green and the following year blue and so on. Clipping queens is another thing entirely. Remember, it doesn't prevent swarming, it just delays it. So why do it at all, I hear you ask. Well, I'm glad that you have asked. Let me explain. The process of clipping a queen's wing means that it can't fly away. The clipped wing means that the queen is unbalanced in flight and unable to generate enough lift to get her airborne and, more importantly, keep her airborne. She tumbles to the ground and will, in varying examples, crawl back into her hive or sit in the grass, usually with a small puddle of accompanying bees. If we're on a weekly inspection routine, it means queen cells that are created can be seen and dealt with normally prior to them being sealed and a colony swarming. I found this isn't always the case, as some colonies will create a queen cell from a day-old larvae, making it four days old at that point, and that queen cell gets sealed just four or five days later, meaning before I can get back into the colony to inspect on my seven-day inspection regime, that hive has swarmed. Most colonies will follow a more normal time frame, but I find the more I try to delay them, the more crafty they become at trying to circumvent my preventative measures. Clipping the queen means that not all is lost should they go early, and this has been nicely demonstrated in a couple of apiaries recently. My attempts at an impromptu artificial swarm just last week ended in a lot of head-scratching for us this week. I followed the artificial swarm process to the letter, found the queen, popped her in a new hive on the old stand position, she received all the flying bees, the other half of the colony settled down nicely with a queen cell, yet when we visited just a few days ago to remove any additional queen cells from the brood split, we found a mass of bees in the air attempting to swarm. What had happened is the old queen that was in the new hive with just flying bees had for whatever reason decided that they didn't like their new hive and had swarmed out of the box. I just sat there watching them, fully anticipating that they were about to disappear over the hedge and off into the distance. Sometimes you just have to accept that you'll lose a swarm or two. However, I'd clipped this queen's wing and she was unable to fly off with them. Instead of losing the swarm, they did something slightly different to what you'll read in the books and online. They formed a giant puddle in the middle of the apiary around the queen. We were able to grab a nuke, all I had on the truck at the time was the new nukes as I mentioned earlier, and pop that down onto the ground for them to run into, which they eventually did. Swarm saved, an additional split created, and another puzzle solved. Back in the hive that this swarm had come from, I found no brood, no eggs, and no sealed queen cells. All they had left was a couple of rudimentary queen cups with a single egg in each cup. Somewhat weird, I have to say. Talking queens, I had a couple of messages this week asking if I could help with a way of finding an unmarked queen 
and there are a couple of tricks that you can use to assist. First of all, make sure you can see eggs. If you don't have eggs in a colony, you may spend all day looking for that queen. Unfortunately, she's already gone in a swarm, most likely. If you have eggs and no queen cells, then we can make a pretty decent attempt at trying to find the queen. But let's assume you still can't find her after looking through the colony a couple of times. Oh, one sneaky way to spot her is as you lift out the frame that you're going to inspect, take a quick look at the frame that's next to that frame in the brood box. You'll very often see her wandering around on that exposed face. If not, grab another hive, move the existing hive as if you were going to perform an artificial swarm, and grab a frame from the existing brood box. Carefully check for the queen, or shake off the bees, and place that into the new brood box. Leave it for a short while, so as many of the flying bees head back to that original hive position as possible. The effect that this has is that it will reduce the number of bees in the old brood box by a significant number, and make it a lot easier to spot the queen. If you still can't see her, remove maybe two or three frames, again, having a check for the queen on each one carefully, or shake the bees back into the brood box. Place these gently on the ground, leaning them against the hive stand. Now divide the remaining frames into pairs. If you leave eight frames in the brood box, you'll have four pairs of two frames squeezed together with a gap between each pair. Leave this for a short while, just a few minutes, and with luck, the queen will have walked up into one of the pairs of frames to hide in the protected space between the two frames. Check each pair in turn, and remember to glance down at the frame that gets left behind as you lift the first frame of the pair, just in case the queen is on that facing comb. It does work. I've had success with this method myself. In a worst-case scenario, if you can't find the queen, just replace all of the frames back into the original brood box, check for eggs, and resign yourself to the fact that you'll have to look another day. We got lucky a second time this week. Again, a clipped queen had attempted to leave a swarming colony, one we hadn't checked because of poor weather conditions. This time, she had tried to crawl back into the hive, and as often happens, she'd crawled under the floor. What we found in the brood box was around seven queen cells, all sealed, so at least eight days old, although they did look as if they may have been around 12 to 14 days old, as some were being prepared for emergence by having the tips of the queen cell thinned back to help the virgin queen escape. What to do in this situation? Well, a good quantity of well-formed queen cells on several different frames means one thing for me, Split them and try to use the queen cells to produce additional queens, develop small nukes and maybe get a late super of honey off them. This all requires equipment of course. Beekeepers almost never have enough equipment or they have the equipment but never in the right place at the right time. Again this time we got lucky. We had just earlier that week brought spare hives into this apiary in readiness for making splits and increases to help with the disaster of a winter that we'd encountered. So how do you split a colony with so many queen cells in it? Well, what I'm trying to do is give each split 
enough resources to survive through to the virgin queen emerging, mating, and beginning to lay eggs. So that's food and bees. Firstly, we had to deal with the queen that had swarmed. This is easy enough. The swarm was clustered under the floor. So all I had to do was remove the floor and knock the cluster into a new brood box in another hive in a different location within the apiary. Phase one complete. Next, I turned my attention to the swarm cells. Interestingly, they had created one swarm cell in the feeder above the frames, so that one was going to stay with the bees in the hive's original position. That left four frames with at least one really nice queen cell attached. That means four nukes or hives are required to house them all. Luckily, we had enough gear in the apiary to accommodate them all. Now, you don't have to rush this process. Take your time and think it through. Deal with it calmly and carefully so you don't damage the queen cells and you could be rewarded handsomely. I set up all of the empty hives dotted around the apiary, removed the roof and feeder off each and made space in the brood box amongst the frames that were already in those boxes. One by one, I moved a queen cell frame together with all the bees on that frame and placed them gently into the prepared hive. Each swarm cell frame then received an additional frame of food or brood, depending on what was left. So I ended up with five hives, each containing a sealed queen cell, and another hive that I'd shaken the original swarm into. Not bad going for an increase. Just one important thing to say, each of these splits will have flying bees that will return to the old hive position, so don't be surprised if that box seems to have a lot of bees in it next time you inspect. All of the other hives will be somewhat depleted of bees, but in this case a lot had sealed brood that will be emerging over the next few days, and that will add to the overall number of bees in each split. All we need is enough bees to keep the brood warm, particularly that queen cell, until she emerges and with luck successfully mates. We grow one colony into six. Not a bad day's work really. I'll let you know how we get on with them. Look out for some Patreon videos showing their development or demise. Remember, it doesn't always work out exactly as you plan. I wanted to finish up today talking about the basic use of hive tools. It's a constant source of frustration for me. Poor hive tool use, mostly because I know the beekeeper is making life far more difficult for themselves than it needs to be. Think of the hive tool as a lever tool. That will instantly tell you how to use it. It's not a pull tool or a lift tool. It's a lever tool. Pretty much all of the hive tools I've ever seen are designed in some way to be used as a lever. If you want to prise something open that's stuck together, you use a tool that has a long handle so you can exert more force to part the two things that are stuck together. It might be that maybe you're trying to lift a heavy paving slab or shift a crate. You don't use a long lever, hook it under and then try to lift it. You use physics to lever the item and it moves a lot easier for it. It's the same with hive tools. They have a designed fulcrum, a point at which the hive tool turns. 
if you position the hive tool in between two frames and use that lever point, you'll find it far easier to separate frames glued tight with propolis than if you tried to lift, hook, yank, pull, or otherwise force them apart. The bees will be so much happier with your efforts too. It's a win-win. If you want to see exactly how to use a hive tool, check out my latest inspection video on Patreon for a demonstration of hive tool basics. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again in a week's time. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. (laughs) 